0: Welcome to episode 5 of the District of Champions podcast. I'm your host, Reese Waters. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you hit subscribe. Give me a nice little rating there. Unless you don't like it, then you don't don't have to give me a rating. You can go ahead and skip that part. We're now on Google Play as well. For those of you with Samsungs, I actually have both. Uh, So I'm linked on both of those accounts to basically have to subtract two for all of my subscription totals. And if you're listening on Podbean, feel free to subscribe as well. This show is brought to you by Russell Wilson's wig. See, that's the difference between Washington State and Washington, D.C. They would have been Joan me out of walking around looking like a menstrual show. I mean, the man has all the money in the world. The man is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got Sierra, who looks uh, a whole a whole dime, even as pregnant as she is. But you're still walking around looking like Black Richie Rich. Why is that? I never would have left Walker Mill Middle School looking like that. They, w- they wouldn't have allowed that. And that is the difference between the left coast and the east coast. That's the difference in the two Washingtons. Now, how does it feel, D.C.? How does it feel? I'm sitting here with no shirt on like D'Angelo, uh, only if he was sick for like six months and he lost all that muscle mass. The XFL season has started. D.C. defenders victorious in their first game against the Seattle Dragons. We are, in fact, the district of champions. My man Cardell Jones showed out. D.C.'s other Ohio State quarterback. You know, I had to feel bad for Dwayne Haskins. I really did. I had to feel bad for Dwayne Haskins watching this game and watching Cardell Jones become the toast of the town playing against practice squad players. I mean, Dwayne Haskins had been watching this like, yo, man, I got to play the Patriots. Like, I'm out here playing NFL teams, and y'all got the same expectations for me y'all have for Cardale Jones. I actually thought the defenders provide an excellent opportunity for Dwayne Haskins to get, to get some extra offseason reps. Tell me, if they would have put Dwayne Haskins in to play that third quarter, would you have known the difference? And by the way, you, you might be racist, but that's okay because I wouldn't have known the difference either. Not as long as they had them helmets on. We had the Defenders versus the Dragons sound like a game that should have been played in Kings Landing instead of Audi Field. But then again, nobody ever called the Defenders racist, so I can't really complain. It would have been nice if the Defenders would have went with the red and blue because, you know, I'm a fan of a city and all their teams having the same color scheme the way they do in Pittsburgh. But, hey, I'm not mad at the red and white. I like it. I was feeling it. it. But Defenders was really the most appropriate name because they got every first except for the first touchdown in XFL history. They got the first field goal, they got the first block punt, they got the first defensive touchdown, the first pick six, they got every first, they got the first MVP chance, the first booing, I'm going to get to that a little bit later in Fans of the Week, uh, fantastic job by y'all by the way, but it is appropriate that they would be called the defenders, but what is most funny to me, immediately after that game, I'm on Twitter hearing people talk about how this is a defender's town now, hearing about how uh, we don't know how to react, watching a football team actually win. It's like ha- it's like being in a good, healthy relationship for the first time in your life. You're just waiting for the other uh, shoe to drop. You're just breaking in their phone for no reason. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about other towns that have two teams. Like, what did it take for the Mets to take over New York City? They had to win the World Series, have the two most marketable stars in the game, and still they couldn't take over New York City. Uh, the, The Brooklyn Nets, trying to take over for the Knicks, had to sign KD and Kyrie Irving and have years of dysfunction with MSG. Then you had the Los Angeles Clippers. They had to steal Jerry West. They had to get Doc Rivers away from Boston. They had to get Kawhi Leonard to sign from Toronto and then pull Paul George. And still, they couldn't steal it away from the Lakers. What did the defenders have to do to get people in D.C. talking on Twitter about them taking the town away from the Redskins? play a game that's all they had to do all they had to do was show up not embarrass themselves not have us sit in 10 degree weather watching a pitiful performance all they had to do was show pretty much if they didn't make us go out to FedEx field they won that's all that they had to do was just show up now it's so much about the XFL product that I appreciate I love the kickoff was dope it looked like uh you know how the way the kicker is set off by himself that way he doesn't feel like a real football player. And really, should the kicker feel like a real football player? I'm tired of kickers looking down on me, cause I couldn't make the team. Hey man, if it wasn't for that right leg of yours, you wouldn't make the team either. I probably could kick. It just wasn't socially acceptable for us to practice kicking in the hood, man. So that I don't know if I'm I could I could have been a kicker or not. I might could have made it. I might have could have been the next um, Black Nick Lowry. Like that that could have been me. But we'll we'll never know. So I love the way the kickers are all by themselves. And it's, a, it's an excellent way to actually, they might be able to save the kickoff, which is something that's being evolved out of football because of the collisions. But they actually found a way in which they might be able to make it work. Not to mention the fact that since everybody's in a line, you don't have a layered defense. It's, it looks like it would be easier to break a kick than it would be in the NFL. I love the who the hell is he videos. That is amazing. They just, they already know. That we're watching the XFL, we have no idea who these people are from Adam. So they showed us these little clips, these little vignettes of some time in this person's life when they were good. I can use that in the NFL because you know you've been watching some Redskins games, looking at the secondary, and you're like, hey, man, who in the hell is 45 i he getting killed out here was he ever good at any point in his life show me some video where this dude actually deserves to be in the nfl i don't care if it's in college high school show me some pop warner video show me playing in the yard with his friends back in the day something show me something to give me some confidence in who i'm looking at right now and i appreciate that about the xfl that's something they could definitely use in the nfl the 25 second play clock is a revelation. Oh, man. The game moves so fast, it almost felt like you were drinking. Like, it, it, it just it just keeps go- It almost felt like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was similar because the Super Bowl moved fast as well. I love the 25-second play clock. Ain't no reason to be wasting any more time than they waste in, in the NFL. I love the way you talk to the players, like, literally as soon as they screw up. We had a made field goal, and we kept it moving. But then our kicker missed the field goal and immediately be like, hey, man, what you doing? What you doing, man? That's what I'm talking about. That, that is exactly what we want to see as viewers. I want to be like, man, why did you throw it? Like, what were you looking at to throw it through the middle like that? Like, I want immediate answers and explanations for you hemming up the team. That is a beautiful thing. One thing I have said is I want to see more shots of the losing fans. When you watch at the end of a game, they show all the fans – of the time, they show the winning fans. Then they showed a couple of shots of the fans crying, uh, fighting each other in the stands, the losing fans. And that's what ends up becoming the meme. That's what ends up going viral. And that's how the game lives in perpetuity. They can flip that on his head, man. I don't need to see the winning fans. Show me a couple shots of the winning fans, fine. Dwell on the losing fans. You need to focus intently on the losing fans. That's where your focus needs to be. If the XFL could do that... Uh, it would be a perfect product. And it seems like they're on their way to doing that by virtue of the fact that they all on the sidelines asking people why they screwed up and what they was thinking. That is a positive step in the right direction. I love that there was an F-bomb that was dropped in the middle of that game, but the beauty wasn't that the F-bomb was dropped and, and and believe me, that was critical for them in their opening game to have something like that that, that raw and real. There was a attempted bleep that was too late to catch the F-bomb. See, old XFL would have just let the F-bomb slide and then would have had to deal with the consequences of the F-bomb uh, on the back end from the FCC. New XFL, no, we're going we gonna to go ahead and do a bleep after the fact to cover ourselves so we can say that we tried to bleep it even though we really didn't. See, that's smart. That's smart. Give yourself deniability. They clearly have learned. Are they going to get rid of the F-bombs? Hell no. Nah. But are they going to cover themselves to free themselves to have F-bombs in the future? Absolutely. That's that's, what I'm, that's smart, man. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Now, it was funny that the line for this game started at five. For, yes, there was a line. There was a gambling line for the XFL. Um, there's also uh, FanDuel, uh, Fantasy, Daily Fantasy you could do. The line opened at five points the defenders were favored by. And by game time, it had moved to nine. How? How? I want to know what XFL information got disseminated out that moved the line four whole points by game time. Yo, what are y'all doing? I think I'm bad, but clearly I have so much more room to devolve. I can degenerate so much more than I am right now because I haven't even thought about doing XFL gambling, and certainly I haven't thought about trying to get inside information that could cause the line to move. Y'all are wilding out here. Like we, we are so close to getting legalized gambling. I'm just waiting on the green turtle to open up so we can go ahead. So I can go ahead and and blow this mortgage money. Y'all out here going to blow all your money on the XFL before we even legalize it. Like y'all, yeah, chill, man. I'm just saying, just, just, just chill. Y'all don't really, you know, just relax on the, on the XFL game. And that's all I'm saying. It was cool that, I could actually predict the calls more accurately in the XFL than I could in the NFL and I don't even know the XFL rules. Like I'm just sitting here watching the game. I have no idea where's one foot or two feet or what's targeting helmet. Like I don't know. I'm just using common sense to predict what the calls should be and I'm getting them right. More often than I get them right, watching an NFL game. Now, how weird was it watching the game and you see something that would clearly be a helmet-to-helmet or a targeting flag in the NFL or college football, and they don't throw the flag? It's such a beautiful thing. It's almost like being at the carry-out and they undercharge you. You know they didn't charge you for those egg rolls, and you just kind of look around like, "Oh, we is we we just gonna let this ride? Yeah, y'all just y'all just gonna let me walk out with the egg rolls, huh?" Okay, y'all, y'all just going to let us do helmet to helmet? Okay, all right, that's what's up. That's what's up. It was a beautiful gift. It was a beautiful gift. It was like uh, remembering days of football past. I appreciate y'all for that, XFL. They did a beautiful job of picking the cities. They got a team in uh, New York, Tampa Bay, D.C., L.A. They're basically like, hey, do you hate your NFL team? Well, we got the XFL for you. Even St. Louis. St. Louis is the one that clearly belongs because they don't have an NFL team. But still, they're probably happier football fans than the ones in Tampa Bay, New York, L.A., and certainly D.C. I could absolutely vouch for that. Shout out to uh, the MVP, Aaron Murray. Uh, Aaron Murray uh, got benched. He was a guy that people were really looking forward to playing XFL. He plays for Tampa Bay. Uh, He completed just, I think it's the Tampa Bay Vipers. But um, pretty much any name I yell out, you would believe that's the name of the XFL team. If I call them like, you know, the jorts or the knee pads or, you know, the, the pirate costume, like whatever. Anything I yell out, you would ju- you would believe. So he completed just 16 of 34 passes for 231 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, and a lot of people are really down on Aaron Murray right now, former Georgia quarterback. A lot of people down on him saying... You know that he was so disappointing. They predicted great things from him. I look at it the other way. This man squeezed one more check out of his abilities that he had no business squeezing out. He had when he got cut, okay, from the NFL. He went home and said, "I think that's it. I don't. I think I've squeezed all the money I can out of my abilities." And he picked himself up and he found a way to get. Another game check. Like, that's something that we all can look forward to. I mean, I would. that's something that we all should feel motivated by. You know, you want to talk about a never-say-die attitude. You want to talk about Monday motivation, all that kind of stuff, man. Like, Aaron Murray is one of the guys we need to be thinking about. He's like, hey, they ain't a league in this country I will not fail in in order to get this last check let's make it happen now keeping it positive i do want to give a shout out to the redskins the redskins found the one way to get some positive press uh even though they lost the city in a saturday not even a sunday and on a saturday they lost the city uh the redskins do get some positive press they hire jennifer king as an assistant she becomes nfl's first full-time black female coach and, of course, she was hired by Ron Rivera, who's one of just four minority head coaches uh, in, in the NFL. So when it comes to diversity and, and hiring practices, the Redskins are actually way ahead of most of the rest of the league. So Jennifer King, she actually joins Buccaneers assistant D-line coach Lori Locust. Uh, as well as Buccaneers Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach uh, Morale Javadafar and, of course, 49ers Offensive Assistant Katie Sowers. Uh, she's the, I've spoken about her on this podcast before, the first uh, woman and the first openly gay uh, person to coach in the Super Bowl. So congratulations to, uh, to Jennifer King and also to the Redskins for giving me something positive to say about them on the week that they lost D.C. Shout out to Matthew A. Cherry, uh, staying in the NFL. Uh, he won an Oscar with his movie Hair Love, talking all about uh, diversity of um, uh, of hairstyles and people being accepting of, of other cultures. And he used his time uh, at the podium to advocate for the Crown Act, which is something that was just passed in Montgomery County, something they're trying to get passed in all 50 states. I thought that was dope. Uh, but especially cool that he had put out on Twitter – Back in 2016, he put out a tweet with a photo, uh, like a mock-up sketch, saying, are there any 3D artists out there? I have a movie idea. And all of a sudden, it turned into an Oscar-winning film. So, it can happen on Twitter. Throw your ideas out there. Just tag me, at Reese Waters, and I'll see what I can do with those things, okay? I'm just just saying. I'll do what I can. Uh, Also, congratulations to Parasite. It'll be the only book I read this year. Um, I, I said, you know, it's interesting how much things have changed. I remember back in the day, I used to do a thing where I was reading like a book a week, uh, back when I was in, uh, grade school. And now here I am not wanting to watch Parasite cause I didn't want to read it. Uh, but now since they won the Oscar, I'm gonna go ahead and read the movie. Uh, and it'll probably be the only movie I read this year. So congratulations to y'all on that achievement. My man, Alexander Ovechkin coming up. On 700 goals, people are actually considering he may actually challenge Wayne Gretzky in his 894 goals. uh He's currently in eighth place. People ask me, is he the NHL's greatest goal scorer in history? Well, look, I can't tell you if he's the greatest goal scorer ever. I can't tell you he's the one I would most like to be. Well, look, Wayne Gretzky did everything right his entire career. He said the right things. He ate the right things. He did the right things. He's a positive role model. Alex Ovechkin didn't do none of that, and he still got about 700 goals. So you tell me. Alex Ovechkin, I'm pretty sure, was hung over the whole season after we won the Stanley Cup. That is not something that Wayne Gretzky was free to do, yet Alex Ovechkin is still coming up on 700 goals. Is the extra 100 goals or however much Wayne Gretzky ends up in front of Ovechkin? Maybe maybe none. Maybe, maybe Ovechkin ties him. Even if he doesn't time, is it worth the extra couple goals not to be able to walk through life like Alex Ovechkin? Like, if you had the option to walk through life as Alex Ovechkin and score 750 goals, wouldn't you much rather do that than always have to do the right thing and hit 890? I'm just saying, congratulations to the great eight. You make us proud every single time you look impaired. Like, every time I see Ovechkin doing his own thing, living his best life, He makes me proud. Now, I'm going to circle back to my fans of the week. Clearly, the fans that went to Audi Field and supported the D.C. Defenders will be my fans of the week. But specifically, who will be the fans of the week was actually difficult to decide. First, you had whoever it was that made the HTDD sell the team dance sign that was seen hanging up at Audi Field. That was beautiful. There was nothing Dan Snyder could do to take it down. He has no jurisdiction over the XFL field, so so it had to stay up. I love they say, you know, you're scarred when you can't stop talking about your ex. And I'll be damned if that's not how we are as D.C. sports fans. We cannot enjoy anything without bringing the Redskins into it. Whatever it is we got going on, we will bring the Redskins into it. We not enjoying the Nationals. You know what? It feels so good to see the Nationals finally win. You know who don't win ever that burgundy and gold over there. Oh, it feels so good to celebrate here at Capital One. You know what we don't never celebrate? FedEx field. Like we always bring them in the in, in any we feeling good. We got to bring our ex into it and you found a way to do it and you did it in, in a way that we could all get behind. Sell the team, Dan. Everybody loves that. Then it was the MVP chance. Um first of all, I don't know that I've ever heard MVP chance at a football game. I thought that was just something you do at a basketball game towards the end of the season. Uh, where everybody does that to their best player even though they know good and damn well Trey Young ain't about to win no MVP. I thought that was just something that we do in NBA. I thought it was like an NBA convention. I had never seen that at a football game. I certainly had never seen it at an XFL game. Do they even have an MVP trophy? Can they afford an MVP trophy? Like, do they just give you like an MVP sandwich or something like that? Like, I don't know how the xfl handles these such things we already know they're trying to cut costs they said in the telecast that all the players in the xfl have roommates uh which i thought was a really that was a missed opportunity because they said all the players in the xfl have roommates but they didn't actually show us any other situations the shenanigans that may occur when you have grown-ass men we're roommates. I want to know what's happening. Oh, you see, uh, eighty-one has two touchdowns today. Surprising, considering he spent the entire night in the lounge because his roommate had a sock on the door, had company over. He barely got a wink of sleep, and yet here he is putting on the show of his career. Like those are the, those, that's the kind of information that I need. You know the quarterback and the tight end seem to be on sync today. Surprising because they went to blows last night over whose toothbrush was found in the toilet. Like I want to know these things. Like don't just tell me oh they all have roommates and then and then tease me like that and and then don't follow through. Again, it was only one week. These are things that I'm sure they can change and grow into over time. Now you got the MVP chance. You got the sell the team dan sign. But clearly my fans of the week will be everybody who booed. Booed in the first quarter of the first game in XFL2 history. Yes, they booed in the first quarter, so much so that you could hear it on the telecast. No good. Missed it to the left. Is the crowd booing the defenders already? And I'm not mad that they were booing. I love that they were booing because I am a frequent. Look, one of my stances, one of my corners is that we don't boo enough. We don't boo enough as people. Have you ever not enjoyed being around booing? Have you ever not enjoyed hearing booing? Either you are on the winning team. And you are hearing the home fans boo and you just just their anger and their angst and their anxiety and their frustration is just like uh, music to your ears. It's It's just delicious hearing how angry they are or you are part of the home team booing and it's a release for you. It's helping you to get out your frustration. At no point has booing made my experience worse. It's always enhanced my experience. And why don't we do this in other aspects of life? Why not boo a cab driver? Why don't you boo at the cafe when you get poor service? Why don't you boo your date when y'all really not feeling each other, but she still expects you to pay for the whole thing? I thought we was going Dutch. Look, there are, there's ample opportunity to boo in life. Why don't we, when, hey, I know you've been at those business meetings where you can leave, but they keep asking questions. That's a perfect opportunity to boo. A perfect opportunity to boo. It's time. That we took booing from the field into our lives. And it starts with booing at different points in the game. So the fact that they booed immediately in the first quarter was just beautiful. It's that kind of, of unique thinking. It's that kind of creative and cavalier behavior That makes D.C. sports fans special. So to all y'all that went out to watch and support the D.C. defenders, thank you guys for being dope. Over 17,000 of you, I think it's listed as 17,163. Congratulations to all you guys. I'm going to join you very soon. And believe you me, when I do, we booing. Okay, we are booing. Yes, I love the D.C. defenders, but I want to boo. I was made to boo. I used to watch Showtime at the Apollo just to watch the same man take people off stage, okay? We are booing. So y'all started it, okay? Y'all I didn't start it. Okay. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning. We just making it a little bit hotter. So thank you for that, DC. This has been episode five of the District of Champions. Shout out to In The Moment for this dope track that I use for the intro and the outro. Again, make sure you hit the subscribe button and give me a rating on iTunes, Google Play, as well as Podbean. I'm out, y'all.